live from Victoria, BC. It's tea with Tess and Fee. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I decided to switch it up because I didn't think my rap went so well last week. So I thought I would just do a fun little jingle, I guess. Is that a jingle? I don't know if that's a jingle, but it's like an intro. Hope everyone's having a good week. If you're here on the west coast of Canada, you are probably melting in the sun like the rest of us. Although I have to admit, I'm not complaining. I, I like the love heat. the heat. My husband calls me a lizard because wherever there's heat, I am basking in the sun. It would be nice if we did have a pool to jump into. Mm, yeah. That would make it a little bit a better. Little bit nicer. And you wouldn't assume that I love the heat because I'm a redhead and everyone always thinks, oh, you're a redhead. You must burn so easily. Fact, I do not. I'm Ukrainian and I tan very nicely. I have seen you with some pretty wicked burns. Oh, I have. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I have. And the one thing that always burns is my scalp. I don't understand it. Do you change your part? Yes. That's probably why. Oh, darn it. Mystery solved. <laughs> Just Who like knew? That. Who knew? Who knew? So today was really fun. I surprised Tessa with a little tasty treat that she's never had before. It was halloumi. And it's delicious. Do you feel Does like everyone you... know what halloumi is? Because I didn't. It is a delectable cheese that is like a cheese curd, but you can fry it and it does not melt. And it's delicious. And it's delicious. And at this time of year, honestly, if you haven't tried it and you you can eat lactose, throw it on your barbecue, make a halloumi burger or add it to your meat burger. Try it in tacos. It is good first, on a sandwich. Good on a sandwich. Or on its own. On its own. As a snack. Like mm-hmm. we had it. Exactly. So that was my fun little surprise for Tess this week. I liked it. So this week we're going to talk a little bit about relationships. We got some answers from our question last week. Thank you to everyone who submitted them. Some of the answers that we got were... Well, maybe we should tell the question. Oh, yeah, the question. What was the question? What do we... What can we stand about our partners? And one of the answers was, was that they can fall asleep anywhere. And another one was that they talk about audiovisual equipment, uh, like they know what, like their partner knows what they're talking about. <laughs> they or, should understand it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or that they care about it. Yeah. Well, dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. I know some relationships like that where someone's talking about whether it's their job or something and they just sit there and nod and like, okay, are you done talking yet? Because A, I have no idea what you're talking about. And B, yeah, I don't really care. What is the thing that drives you the nuts most nuts the nuts most nuts <laughs> about your husband one thing that drives me crazy is the I'll do it later or a yeah 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 or I'll do it tomorrow I can understand some things yes it can't be done right now but you know after you've cooked dinner and the husband's like oh I'll clean up and you go get ready for bed or you're doing something else you come into the kitchen and all of the dishes are just sitting in the sink and it's all just do them later I'll do them tomorrow and you know that when you wake up in the morning to get ready for work or start your day, those dishes are going to be in the sink, <laughs> not done, and not getting done until you do them yourself. Yeah. It takes five seconds. I don't understand. Yeah. Just get them done. Yeah. I hate it. it. Drives me absolutely bonkers. Yeah. What about you? I think the thing that drives me the most nuts about my husband is his inability to plan in advance. I mean, the day is coming up, you know, we have the same birthday, same anniversary, Easter, same Christmas, time every year, 
And for whatever reason, he waits till the very last minute and then is in a panic and then sometimes gets upset because he's like, oh, I didn't get you a thoughtful gift because I didn't have time. Because mm-hmm. you waited to the last Because you waited to the last minute, right? <laughs> so that's the thing that drives me the most nuts. But, but positive note. What's the thing you love most? I love how my husband supports me. And no matter what it is, whether it's something that he thinks is probably really stupid or whatever the case is, he's very supportive no matter what the case is. He's always supporting me. He's always there for me. And I appreciate that because I find that's really hard for a lot of people, especially if it's something that they find silly or they just don't agree with. It's hard to support some people sometimes, but he always is, always supportive, always positive, and I appreciate that. That's a big one. Yeah. Support. It's always mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I think the thing I love the most is his... Me. <laughs> <laughs> well, sadly, we're not married. Um, we should have been. Yeah. Um, is his willingness to learn and continue to learn and grow, which I really appreciate because... I myself always have a curiosity for learning, discovering new things, languages, culture, and he shares that same passion for learning and evolving as a human. I think you've taught him a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. And I think that to me is super attractive. Somebody that's... Or maybe not taught him that, but opened his eyes Yeah, that. That's uh, just willing to become a, not different person, but just... A better version. Yeah. And learn about themselves and to grow as an individual. I think it's... As we evolve, we are growing and through different steps of life, you know, becoming, well, married and then with children, you would, married twice, and then you would hope that, you know, they want to learn, they want to grow because our life is changing. So it's really nice to be with somebody who is continually looking to better themselves and to better our family, really. So I like it. Yeah. I appreciate those things. But before our husbands. There was many. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what? (laughs) No. Early on relationships. Teenage years. Teenage years. I think Tess and I had vastly different experiences as teenagers, Mm -hmm. which is, I think we come from it from two different perspectives, really. Um, I really didn't have a lot of boyfriends in my teenage years. I think like my first real serious boyfriend was probably when I was 22 and it was my ex that I was engaged to. And I think, I mean, throughout the teenage years, I think I, when I started junior high, I thought that I was good enough alone. I never really thought too much about boyfriends or anything. And then, you know, all of a sudden it was like, oh, you need to have a boyfriend. You need to have a boyfriend and, you know, you're not good enough. And I think that kind of mentality that kind of made me feel like I needed to have somebody, otherwise I wasn't enough, really stuck with me and created a lot of really unhealthy, I don't know what, the, not relationships, because that's not the right word, but a lot of really unhealthy behaviors yeah. in myself because I was always looking for validation from others when I really needed the validation for myself and I needed to do that self work to realize I'm good on my own. I'm great on my own. I don't need somebody else to tell me that I'm worth it. And the thing for me is I was completely different because I, when I went to junior high, I was naive and I just thought, oh my, I was like, no one's going to like me. I'm not cool enough. I'm not pretty enough. I just felt like that wasn't going to happen for me. 
and fact but, check everybody like Tessa. <laughs> yeah, right. Just so you know. But then I found um, this guy. We started talking and we fell madly in love very quick. And we were together junior high and high school. So. And then you had a blip where you went down different paths for yeah. a while. And then we, yeah, came back together. And so I And was, then you went down different paths yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> this is not Tessa's husband. No. <laughs> but um, yeah, we were together for a long time. And I found that really shows a lot to who your friends are with the fact that, you know, life is different. It's not just you and your best friend now. It's like you have to share your time. And I felt like I always got, um, I don't know what the word, but they didn't like that I was hanging out with a boy. And it wasn't always them. I wasn't always with them 24-7. But none of the group of girls that I hung out with at the time really had boyfriends. So I felt like I was kind of like the odd one out. Everyone was always hanging out and then they'd get mad at me for not joining in. But it's like, I understand. But at the same time, I found somebody who I really enjoyed spending time with. And now it's got to be shared. So, yeah. But with you, I think it was the opposite. Yeah. I definitely had that big group of girlfriends and none of us really had boyfriends. And I mean, I had people try to set me up, but it wasn't really ever successful. I was super awkward. I had so much body issues. I mean, I still do. Um, struggles and stuff like that. And then I think it just kind of really transformed and snowballed into a really unhealthy body image, self-esteem issue where I was looking for validation in all the wrong places. And I think too, that, you know, those experiences that Tessa and I had, we were just looking for friends to support us in both ways to say, you know, you are enough by yourself and you are enough with a partner as well. Like you're still an individual without your partner. And I think sometimes, especially in those early junior high years, people would stop inviting, you know, Tessa to things yeah. because they were like, oh, she has a boyfriend, she yeah. won't come. But it's like, she is still an individual without her partner and her boyfriend. And she still wants to be invited. Doesn't yeah. mean she's and again, it's support. It's just like, you know, I can understand if friends are a bit jealous and what, whether it's they wanted a boyfriend or they're just jealous they don't have enough time or isn't as much time with you. But again, it's all about support. And you should be supporting your friends and being like, you know what? I feel a little bit jealous because you have a boyfriend and we don't get to spend as much time together. But I'm very happy for you because I can see how happy you are. And that seeing you happy makes me happy. And I just want to know that I support you. I love you. But I'm just upset that I'm not with you as often yeah and there you go and that can be hard I mean yeah. I think as we go through different stages of life our relationship with our friends can change and as we get older and people have families and I mean you get married you just have your own lives I think that all relationships really just change over time it yeah. doesn't matter who it's with whether it's with your best friend or a, a partner, a partner family, member. family member I think all relationships kind of fall under the same umbrella is that if you want to have a successful relationship it always takes effort and it takes time it's it doesn't just stay great your no relationship just stays great by doing nothing and it's also effort from both parties if you're the only one putting in the effort time after time after time you just get to the point where it's like this is too much I don't have time for this in my life I have very few close friends and that's all I need. So me putting my effort into where it actually matters to have those close relationships, friends that support me and love me unconditionally, no matter what, I'd rather put my time and effort into those relationships than trying to put an effort somewhere else where I'm not getting anything back. And, and then, you know, even if you see that person, you hang out with that person, you talk to that person, it's just not a fulfilling relationship and that's okay. Um, but I'm just 
not willing to put my, all my efforts into something that isn't really bringing you anything yeah. back. Yeah. And I think that brings up a really good point is that in any relationship, it's about like your expectations have to be the same. It's not going to work in any relationship, even with your parents. If you expect, you know, undivided attention five days a week, you expect responses to your text messages. You expect, you know, twice, twice a week, phone calls or all visits of, all the time and dinners and teas and coffees. and Yeah. But if you're on different pages, mm -hmm. any relationship really won't work. And I think one of the things that Tess and I talked about before this is that relationships are not just romantic. And I think there's so much emphasis put mm -hmm. on how your romantic relationship takes so much work and it takes so much effort and all this. But the truth is any successful relationship, whether it's with Tess and I, our parents or Tess's roommate, <laughs> um, or our partners, it takes a lot of effort to stay in these great relationships, friendships, partnerships, parentships, and you have to have your expectations aligned. Yeah. And one of those things too, is that if you expect honesty from your friends, you, and to be able to say, Hey, I need to be able to talk to you and tell you that this hurt my feelings or, you know, I really value our friendship and I'd like to get a little bit more effort from you. Yep. And the other thing is the understanding that the older you get, the more responsibilities you have in your life, whether it's your job, your house, where you live, other people in your life, children, animals, like whatever, your lives are a lot different. You don't see people as often as you may like. And that's the other thing is people have to understand that, that yeah, if I can't together, can't get together this week, it's not because I don't want to. It's just that, you know, weeks fill up so fast with activities or appointments or work or whatever it is. So people have to understand that too. Yeah. You're like it's rescheduling is fine, but you can't expect every time that you call someone or text them that they're going to drop everything just because you are free that day yeah. and that your life is busy and that you're free. So I'm going to drop everything that I have planned just to come see you. Yeah. It's like, no, because I have things going on as well. So, you know, your life is busy, but so is mine. And, and you can't just think you're the only person that has a busy schedule, whether again, whether it's kids, pets or whatever, everyone has a busy life in some way, even if it doesn't look the same or you think that, oh, I don't understand how they could be possibly busy. They don't have kids or, you know, whatever the case is, people have busy lives. And let's face it. Sometimes we all just want, we might be free one night, but we don't want to do anything. Yeah. We want to sit in peace. We may have had a long week. We may have some emotional stuff going on. You never know what's going on with people unless you ask them. And I don't know about you, but what are some things that you look for in a good relationship? Like whether this is Michael or, <laughs> oops, um, or your friends or anything. Like for what me, are the I look for support. That is huge for me. Honesty, support, and just being a good friend. Just there for you no matter what. If you have something horrible to tell them, and whether it's personal or anything, that they don't sit there and judge you. And they're not going to go home and talk shit behind your back. They're just going to be there for you, whatever you need, whether I just need to vent, I don't need you to help me, I just need you to listen. Or, you know what, I have this problem, I need. I really don't know what to do, I need you to help me. Those are the things that I look for. Same with my mom. I know I can go to my mom with absolutely anything. Like, 
doesn't matter. She could help me no matter what. Same with you. I'll come to you. All my friends that I'm close with, I can tell them anything and I know that they're not going to judge me. And I think that that's really important is to feel like comfortable and I don't know, safe around your friends. Validated. Val- yeah. Yeah. So that's important to me. I would definitely agree. I think that like my two, probably two of my main pillars, I think of any good relationship are um, communication and yes. trust. And I think those two go hand in hand so often. Um, and I don't mean trust like, hey, I'm going to give you a diamond bracelet. Don't lose it. I mean that if something has hurt my feelings, I trust you enough to come to you and know that our friendship is solid enough and that I can communicate with you something that's hurt my feelings or something that was said that just didn't sit right for me, but know that you're not going to diminish my feelings and make me feel bad about how I feel. You're going to listen to me. You're going to validate. And oftentimes I... In any relationship, we all say dumb shit. Yeah. We all or it hurt. might not come out how you intended. Yeah. And it might come out a little bit harsh or something. It didn't go in, come out as well it went in your head. And then, or sometimes you just say something and you don't realize that the way you said it or the words you used actually made it seem a whole lot different to that person. And sometimes we say things kind of off the cuff that we don't think about, about the other pers- person's personal experiences. And you kind of are like, oh, like I just put my foot in my mouth and it's okay. I think when you have that trust and that support and love with your friends and partners, you know, you can go to them and you can have that honesty and they love you. And if it's a good relationship, they'll love you and often just apologize. I mean, we all say things, it's not malicious. I would say 99% of the time with your friends and family. And if, if they are one, if, the 1% is malicious. You may want to relook at that friendship. Yeah. <laughs> um, but most of the time, things that are said that hurt people's feelings aren't intended. And it's, you know, it might have been taken out of context or, you know, there was a whole story said and you just heard the one, one thing part. because that was the one part that you're sensitive to. And also sometimes people say things that y- hurts you, but it's not really about what they said. It's about your personal insecurities or things that you're struggling with or things that just hit wrong. Yeah, like they hit a nerve. They hit a nerve. Exactly. Like I remember, as I mentioned, body image is huge. I really struggle with it. And I remember once my husband called me voluptuous and yes, I understand for some people it's a huge compliment. I think I burst into tears and I was crying and he was like, I don't know what I said. Granted. Yes. I have like larger breasts, a thinner waist, and I have some hips. And, you know, I called my stomach tonight, my nice little dinner roll. Um, Yeah, I don't have a flat stomach, especially after having kids. I'm okay with it. Um, But I cried and he just didn't understand. And it wasn't, the intent wasn't malicious. He didn't say anything rude. He was giving me a compliment. And then after I brought it up to him, we talked about it. And I was like, for me, that word's a trigger. Voluptuous to me means like, super just really thick and there's nothing wrong with that but that's not something that it it just made me feel not nice it wasn't to me that was more of like a insult so and I think that often all these relationships are so we have so many great relationships and some people are in our lives I can't remember the quote and I wish I could for like a chapter 
a year or a lifetime. lifetime yeah. yeah. And we have some of the greatest memories of people that are in our lives for a mo Is it a moment? Maybe I can't even remember. Somebody please tell us what this quote is. Um, and you can have such great memories that you remember with this person. I have friends that I've had some of the greatest times with, and sometimes I do miss them, but the friendship just kind of our chapter was over. Yeah. And you know, I'm not writing it off saying that all of our chapters are over. I don't know what the future holds. And there's a lot of people who I still wish well, and I hope they're thriving and killing it at life. But for the time being, our chapters just kind of, we went our own ways yeah. and just had to experience things on our own for a while. So yeah, and that's okay. That happens. It's totally okay. And you can wish people just because you're not friends anymore. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you hate them. No. And I think for so many people, they're like, Oh, I'm not friends anymore. We hate each other. Yeah. But it's not like that for, I think no. a lot of us, it's just things change. It's the friendship stopped working. Yeah. As we said, expectations changed yeah. or we changed. Yeah. And that also happens. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. And I mean, with romantic relationships, yes, they take a lot of work. They are ever-changing, ever-evolving. As I mentioned, like, as you're learning and growing and things in your life are changing with your partner, so are you guys. Yeah. It's never a simple task. To, I mean, no relationship is easy. And I mean, sure, some people will say, oh, my relationship is easy in the context that it might not take as much work sometimes, or you might've nailed your communication. Yeah. And when things come up, you have just nailed it. You talk about it and you move, move on. on. So there's so many different kinds of relationships. And I mean, even without, not with people, we have so yeah. many complex relationships, you know, Tess and I were talking, um, relationships with food, relationships with alcohol, relationships with our bodies. I mean, these are all complex relationships that can be really, really great or really, really toxic. I mean, like I said, one of the ones that always comes into my mind is the relationship I have with myself. And I mean, there's a lot of self-talk I got to do. <laughs> like, uh, and it's, you know, healing that inner child again of traumas and... Well, and I think that is it next week we're going to start with yeah. um, body image, body positivity, things like that. And I can say I'm I not a fan of my body and I never wear shorts out in public. But you know what I did today? I actually wore these bad boys out in public. Let's that was huge for yeah. me. That was absolutely huge because I feel so self-conscious in shorts. I don't like how my legs look. Yes, I have cellulite. So I just always try and cover that up. But you know what? It's so hot today. I thought I don't really care what anyone's thinks when they look at me. I'm too hot to wear capris or anything. So shorts it is and you look terrific and I actually wore these out in public and I would like and to I say never yeah, wear shorts I out in public ever I would like to say too all women have cellulite there's a very rare few that do not it is normal don't feel ashamed don't feel embarrassed Tessa looks beautiful I have cellulite I get self-conscious too but then I'm like this is normal this is and you're like a smoke show so it doesn't even matter this is a completely normal thing I also want to comment that it is a billion degrees here today. We're sitting in the sun and both of us are wearing all black. I never thought of that. We're both wearing black tank tops. Oh, sorry. Tessa's wearing jean shorts, but they're dark jeans. But we're both in these dark clothing. Which my husband said, who wears jean shorts anymore? Only people from the 90s. And I was like, 
I I'm wearing jean shorts. And then I didn't want to wear them in public. Oh, I wear jean shorts. All, I thought everyone did. I or did like I'm just not that cool anymore. Well, I'm no, I'm not. But I think people I wear them all the time. But I'm also not that cool. So yeah. I don't, well, and wow. I just I don't wear shorts in public. So I was like, oh, these jean shorts actually fit, and I'm gonna do it. And you felt good. It felt okay. Yeah. Did it feel good though? It's like go out and be like. It was. It was actually a little bit scary. Because you know when you just feel like everyone's staring at you and you're just like, oh my god, this is a bad choice. But it was too hot. I couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't do anything about it. So, on that lovely note, I hope you're all staying cool. And for next week, as Tess said, we are going to talk about body image, body positivity, body self-talk, loving yourself. So it is kind of a different kind of relationship that we're going to yeah. move into next week. And we are going to leave you again with a question. And again, please follow us at T with Tess and Fee on Instagram, or again, you can email us at Tess, T-E-S-S-A-N-D, Fee at gmail.com. So T-E-S-S-A-N-D-F-I at gmail.com. Yeah. So um, even if it's not related to this or something that you want to bring up in the future or something you just want to talk about, get off your chest or ask, it can be related to anything. But our question this week specifically is... What is one thing that you love about your body? Ta -da! Ta -da! We hope you have a great week. Like we said, reach out. We want to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening. Give us a follow. Give us a follow. And 